Hey friends, Jonathan here. Welcome to the Encounter Podcast, a place where we can share stories of radical encounters with God and have honest conversations about what it means to live a life after Jesus. I hope the things we discuss here leave you both encouraged and challenged. So with that being said, let's get on with the podcast. So today I have got my good friend and fellow YWAMer, Ernie, here with me. So Ernie, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about you and, and just what you he- do here at uh, YWAM Gold Coast. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, yeah, I joined YWAM two years ago, and I joined just because of the simple call of God and just the desire to grow in certain areas of my life as a leader and what it means to be a leader. So I joined YWAM, and one of the things that I do here at YWAM is all of the social media, and with that is simply just to represent the name of Jesus and represent the things that the base does in order for the outside world, if you will, to really see and understand what a YWAM base does and the mission that they represent. Yeah, that's great. So today... We're actually going to be talking about fear um, and just fear in the church and, and um, just dealing with fear and, and what it looks like to actually just live in faith over and choosing to have faith over fear. So right off the top, I've been doing some research and um, <laughs> uh, so I thought I might just start us off by uh, just, you know, hitting us with a couple of um, just statistics and whatnot. So in a survey of 2,400 people, um, 80% indicated that they experience moderate to severe levels of fear, right? And so I think like even just right off the, the bat, like this first statistic here, like you can already see like 80%, that is such a high number. Um, and so I think it really just kind of um, illustrates how fear is actually such a, a big part of what the church is dealing with today. Um, and it just really highlights like the importance of like, okay, what we're, you know, we're experiencing this, but then, okay, what does God say about that? What is, you know, how do we even deal with that? Um, so then just get a little bit more specific. Um, for those under 35 in that survey, um, the highest ranked type of fear was fear of failure. And then fear of disappointing others or fear of rejection came in second, which was followed closely by the fear of leading a meaningless life. So just thought I'd start off with like, just what are your thoughts on that? Like just right off the bat um, with those statistics, what do you think about that 80% number? What do you think about those different types of fear? Um, Yeah, just initial thoughts right off the bat. Yeah, with my thoughts on fear, um, it is actually... Like, it is just a huge thing, I think, that the enemy will use in order to take away from children of God, take away from God's sons and daughters. And I think he will give them fear in order to take away their identity and to take away, I guess, just their desires that God has placed in their hearts. And the enemy will actually just try everything that he can to take it away, I think, because when a son or a daughter comes into full identity and full knowledge of what they can walk in and who they are. I think to the enemy, that's actually a very dangerous thing. So I think in order to take that away, he would give fear and he will, yeah, just try and hold back 
the children of God. Okay, so yeah, while you were talking, it just um, really reminded me of this quote from Jonathan David Helser, um, where he just says that it's interesting how fear points its sword exactly at the place that you're destined for greatness, mm. right? So like, let's say like there's a calling on your life to be a worship leader, right? And to, to sing prophetic songs to the nations and, and to release the, the sounds of heaven over people, right? And it's interesting how like when that calling is on your life, so often the enemy, like he knows that. And then he'll use fear to actually just pull you away from that. So someone who has that calling, then their greatest fear is to sing in front of people, mm. is, is to pursue music. Oh yeah, well, just on that, I think, I totally think that that's such a real quote because even for my own life, like one of the things that I really, really feared was actually just speaking in front of people. And it was on my discipleship training school that I kind of realized that I had that fear because when it came to me giving a presentation or me speaking from something up at the front, it caused, it just gave me so much fear and my voice would shake and I would actually completely forget the things that I had written down and I actually just would not be able to f say it and I was completely frozen, right? And there was this week that we had and it was just about, um, just about identity and knowing the place that, and knowing the calling on your life and knowing the gifts and stuff that God had given you, has given you. And with me, I was just kind of like asking God, like, man, is there anything that's actually holding me back from reaching um, just you and just simply being with you? Is there any walls that are up or is there any, like, anything that's holding me back? And he immediately showed me that there was this fear that I had in my life, and it was just the fear of man. And the only way for me to overcome that fear was to just take it head on. And so with me fearing so much of using my voice because I felt like I had no voice, I felt like I couldn't say anything because who am I? I'm just a little kid. I can't, I can't say anything, right? Like I have nothing to give, you know? And so he immediately sh showed me this what I needed to do. He, I got like this picture of me walking on this stage and me just yelling out freedom, you know? And the scariest thing for me because it was a room filled with 40 to 50 people and that's what God was asking me to do. And so obviously my nerves were shaking. I was super like just fearful of this just battle, I guess, that I had inside of me. But... I knew that it was something that God was speaking to me and I had peace about just wanting to overcome it. And I really wanted to because there's just no need to be held back by fear in anything. And so I got up on this stage and I it took me so long. I was, on, I was standing on this stage for probably 15 minutes. And there was times where I actually opened my mouth to speak and I physically could not say anything. And it was so, so strong. And there's, and I just, I couldn't do it. And a few of the guys that were on the school with me, they came on stage with me and I realized that um, I could do it. And I, like these guys said that they were just going to do it with me. We would count to three and we would all yell out freedom together. And in that moment, I'm just kind of like, 
all right, I mean, I can try, but I've been, I've been trying for 15 minutes, you know? And so, but so we just decided like, this is, let, let's just do this. Like that's, let's overcome it this way, but we'll do it together. And so the three of us, we all, we all just, we started, we started the count and on three, we all just yelled out freedom, you know? And we did it a few times and there was just so much that was lifted off of me in that moment. And I think as well, like, it was something that I couldn't really overcome by myself. Like, it was cool because I realized that I actually needed my friends to help me and I needed people beside me to just overcome this one thing of simply just speaking in front of people. And, yeah, like, that was my fear. Hmm. So it's kind of interesting you, like, talk about how these dudes got around you and were actually just there to like support you and encourage you and so I guess it almost just brings to question like this mind there or this question to mind of like do you think that like community actually plays an integral part in being able to overcome fear I think definitely I think there's so much fear in this world and there's so many things that people actually fear and one of the greatest comforts is actually just having somebody beside you and just having support. And like if you're able to actually be vulnerable enough with somebody and actually actually share some of your fears with them and actually have the heart posture where you want to overcome it. And I think once you have the heart posture of wanting to, that's when God can actually, he can go, that's what I can work with. Mm-hmm. He wants to. And I think that's the moment when there's this drive and there's this excitement that will rise up inside of you, the spirit in you, and it will actually agree with God. And then all of a sudden your physical body will start to agree. And then that's where you start the fight and you just start to overcome it. And I love it. I love the support of having people beside me. And I think that as well goes with just even the church, um, so often people are just in the church and sometimes the pastor will even have a certain message that he wants to share. And there's always that fear. There's a little bit of fear of like, oh, will my congregation accept this? Like, will this cause people to leave? Like if it's a controversial controversial topic and he obviously has support, you know, he's got his people beside him. He's got his wife and things like that. Like there's support that he has and there's counsel of many. There's wisdom in the council of many and so i think with that like there's wisdom and support can actually help you overcome some of your greatest fears yeah yeah it's kind of interesting i was reading a um an article on um like fear and guilt in the church and um this author was just kind of going through like these different scenarios just kind of calling out different like groups of people who were just like of what it might look like for these different groups of people within the church to just be trapped in like this cycle of fear and guilt. And um, one of the like scenarios that um, he kind of spelled out, uh, I'll actually just read it here. It says, people are afraid to let others know about their sins, temptations, struggles, and doubts. And so they put on a smiley face for church services and Bible studies. But since everyone is doing this, nobody realizes that everyone is afraid that others will discover who they really are. 
and they feel guilty that they seem to deal with issues and temptations that nobody else faces. Fear and guilt keep us from being honest and from opening up to others about our struggles. And so it's kind of interesting how, like, how the fear will actually, like, I think it's, you know, to go back and, like, answer that question um, and just kind of agree with you that I think community is, is actually such a big part of dealing with fear, right? Because if you look at the nature of fear and what it does, it actually causes you to become isolated, mm. right? And you can see that just in that one scenario that, that this author's spelling out here, right? Like, I'm terrified for others to know me, but then because everyone's terrified to be vulnerable, then nobody knows that they are all just, ter- you know? And so it's like this whole cycle where everyone's just terrified. And it's like, if we would actually just step out and just be, vulnerable and just like walk with one another and do life with one another then we'd actually like that fear how quickly would that fear be lifted off right and then oh okay like i can actually be seen i can be known and and people still love me and accept me um and so then now how much more can i deal with these other fears and these other like things that are that the enemy's trying to use to hold me back you know yeah 100 percent. yeah i think just on that like with vulnerability vulnerability with other people is actually just one of the hardest things because there is that fear of being known. Mm-hmm. And when you look at vulnerability, it's actually giving somebody the opportunity to hurt you, you know? And so that's why a lot of people, is actually, it's actually really hard for them to be vulnerable with other people because that gives the other person the right or an opportunity to hurt them, mm-hmm. right? And... Yeah, and obviously nobody wants to be hurt, and there's walls that we put up to self-protect ourselves, and so we just don't have to face the hurt. But there is such a beautiful release when you are vulnerable with somebody, and you are able to be fully seen, and as well fully see other people. Because I think once you start to see other people's fears and you see them be vulnerable, it actually connects you in a way. And you realize that you're actually just in this together. And when you're in it together, you can actually just encourage each other. You can build each other up. And then there's just that comfort that you're fighting with somebody and you're not doing everything alone. So I thought it might be interesting with those, um, earlier I list out the different types, um, like the highest ranking types of fear so I thought we might just go through each of those different types and just, and then just kind of address like, okay, how do we address this type of fear? Um, so that first one is, um, is actually just fear of failure, right? So like, how do you, how would you approach fear of failure? What, do, how do you even like, how do you deal with that? You know, what do you, what do you do with fear of failure? Yeah. Um, I mean, fear of failure, I think that's a big thing that can just hold you back from, creating you know um and i can just take a look at my own life as well like just the idea of promoting yourself for me as photography is my outlet to creativity and for me as to release my photos and my videos that i create to release that is a fearful thing because it gives people the like we were saying earlier like the vulnerability thing like it gives people the opportunity to critique and 
um, criticized and stuff, you know. And I think there's always that failure, like, or that fear of like failure. Will, will I make it? You know, and it even just holds you back from even trying. I think what from my experience that actually held me back for so long for even trying. And reality is, it's just so not freeing. Like there's no freedom in that, and it's just like it weighs on you. And I think people can see it, people can tell. And it's as well like we all have outlets and we all have desires in our hearts to pursue and to do. You know, for some people, it's just starting a company that will build houses, you know. And then there's the fear of, oh, will I make it? Like, will I, will I get enough workers? Will I make enough money to continue to support my family? You know, and there's those, all those different things that come into play. And with that, I think I would just say, like, man, where's the faith? Mm-hmm. Like, can we can we bring faith into fear mm-hmm. and for the fear to actually just be gone? You know, like, I think even with fear, like, that's something that will, I don't know if it will ever be gone. Like, mm-hmm. I guess the question that I sometimes ask myself is, is it okay to just be afraid? Because once you're afraid of something, you know, it just like, like, it's just very real, you know, it's like the realest thing. And then you're afraid. It's like, wow, this is real. Like, can I actually do this? And all these questions come in, right? And then with faith, I think that actually gives you the opportunity to kind of look at those situations and anything that's actually a lie that doesn't agree with the Bible would actually just mean that like it wouldn't come into alignment with Jesus, then it's actually something that you wouldn't have to take on for yourself. You know, and I think once you actually fully believe that you can do something, like you just try and you just don't be afraid to to fail because if you fail, you get back up and you try again, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of interesting, like, you know, with failure, like, I really think as Christians, like, because we have Jesus, like, we've really got almost kind of like an upper hand just on life because for the non-believer, like they actually don't have the trust in Jesus, like to actually just cover that. They don't have his grace to cover the mistakes and and the times when we do fail, right? And so we can actually like, from a follower of Jesus point of view, we can actually just, it, it creates a way for us to overcome that fear of failure even more so, or at least it should, um, because then we can go into something going like, okay, yes, there's this the, failure as a possibility, like that could happen, but do I trust Jesus? Like, is his, is he enough to cover me even if I do fail? Mm. Yeah, that's good. But even with that, like there's, there is that grace of, if you do fail, then there's grace and the, Jesus will cover that. But I think often, like, what we as well need to ask ourselves is, like, what's failure? You know, like, what really is failure? Is failure me trying to start a company and it not working out and me um, just having coming into, like, some debt, right? And so now your next goal is to get out of debt and try again. You know, like, what can be measured as failure and what, where is failure measured in your life and, like, the things that you tried to do and pursue. 
So it's almost like there's something to be said. Like I, there's a space for like letting the spirit actually just redefine your definition of failure for mm-hmm. any given situation. And I guess I think of like a just a perspective shift. Yeah. Like, okay, Holy Spirit, is there somewhere where I just need to shift my perspective? I need to look at this a different way mm-hmm. so that I can actually just trust you more. Yeah. So the uh, second two were um, fear of disappointing others or a fear of rejection. Mm. What do we think about that? Those are huge. (laughs) (laughs) Those are massive. I mean, massive to some people, right? But I can just say for myself, that's one thing that I actually think about a lot and I actually face a lot because the community and the atmosphere that I grew up in with being a Mennonite and I guess just Mennonite is a growing up in that kind of a culture and environment there's this place where Mennonites are just pioneers and they build and they come into a new place and they build and they start they start stuff and they start from scratch and then they build something beautiful right and that's me growing up like I worked really hard my parents taught me to work hard and my family and everybody around me was always hardworking and they would go to a place and they would start fresh, but they would, um, they would just work hard and actually build something for themselves. And so I guess like once, if you look at just a Mennonite community, there's a lot of builders and there's a lot of people starting just an area of working in construction. And so then for me going into or just kind of tapping into my creative outlet and kind of looking at, man, what do I really want to do with my life? Like, what am I put on this earth to do? Like, what is my calling? What's my gift? What are my talents? And although that I've been taught from young on to work hard and to do all these things, that's something that I'm good at, something that I can do. But is that something that God's calling you into, right? And so for me, it was something that I really had a passion for was photography and videography. Like for that to, for me to be able to tell stories and for me to be able to represent something completely different to somebody and to actually share heart behind a simple photo or a simple video, right? And just one of the fears of just being rejected, I think it was actually something hard for me to open up to with my family. Because often I had my family just ask me, like, oh, why don't you come home and start a company? Or just build, like, start building houses and building, um, just start something that has to do with building or construction and any sorts, right? And, but it was something that I grew up in all my life, construction, working in that atmosphere. And then I, I would always say, oh, I would want to start my own company. I want to build houses. And, you know, I was good at it. So, like, It'll make me money. It'll do all these things, you know. And although I love doing that stuff, like, I think there's a greater love for me for photography and videography. And so for me to open up to that, like, open that up to my family, it was kind of like a difficult thing because I had the fear that, oh, what do you mean? There's this thought that they, that I felt that they would have kind of going like, oh, what do you mean? Like, why can't you just come home and work? Because that's an assured thing. 
because that's, I guess, something that we know that you will accomplish. But yeah, there was this fear of rejection. There was this fear that, man, will it be enough? Like, will I be loved enough? Even if I pursue something that's completely something that a Mennonite boy would never really do. Um, yeah, I, I relate to, to both fear of disappointing others and fear of rejection. Like, I actually, um, I don't even think you, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to be in school um, to for nursing. Um, and so, like, totally not passionate about it at all, <laughs> right? But, and I don't, I don't even think on like a, I think it was on like a subconscious level. Um, like I didn't even fully realize why I was there or doing that. Um, but I think it was, I perceived that as a profession that like would be approved by like my dad, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or my family or the people around me. And, um, like I perceived that as like, oh, this is, people will accept me, they will see me as successful, and they're going to be like, oh, wow, that's like a really, like, and people would do that too. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm in nursing, and they're like, oh, that's such a great profession. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to do so well, and da-da-da-da-da, um, right? And then I get, get to this point where I'm just encountering Jesus, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm literally not passionate about this at all, right? And he, like, fully just calls me out of that and into missions, um, which is like, like, you know, complete opposite, like financially unstable or <laughs> unstable and just craziness. Um, but then even in like fear of rejection, like I relate to that too. Like part of my story is, um, you know, even just going back to um, the article that I was reading, you know, about people being afraid to, to let others know about their sins and temptations and struggles and doubts and all that stuff. Like that's a big part of my story, like for the better part of it, like, I don't know, the first 19 years of my life, like, just lived in, like, this place of just silent condemnation where I was just terrified of just letting anyone see me, letting anyone know me, like, just so terrified because it was just, I was in this place of, like, I see myself and I don't really like myself, and if I don't like myself, then if I let you in and I let you see me, like, you're actually just going to reject me and you're, you're going to just push me away. And I was just terrified of that. So I would just push everyone away and I built up these walls mm -hmm. to just keep people out of that. Um, so that's like the, the fear of rejection is, is actually a really big part of my story. Um, and a really big part of, um, just like for me, like part of my story is this really story of like me coming into this place of victory and triumph through vulnerability. Um, but I had to overcome that fear of rejection before I could even get into that place of victory and, and of, of even vulnerability and stepping out and just trusting, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Just on that, like, I think so many people actually face those fears of rejection. Like all of a sudden there's, there's so much weight on, Oh, what my friends are doing, what my parents want me to do. And yeah, like you see a lot of that where people even just will commit five years to go into school, to college or something for something that they're not even passionate about. Mm -hmm. And they do it just simply because all oh, my friends are, or there's this place where that's what my parents want me to do, you know? 
And obviously there's a beautiful place where you can come to where you honor what your parents say and you respect your friends. But I think as well there's this place where you have to, I guess, just see what you really are passionate about. And from that place it actually causes you or it brings you to having to face that fear of rejection and judgment and things like that. And that needs to, you need to be able to just overcome that in order to pursue your dreams and desires. And yeah. Well, uh, the last one here was actually fear of leading a meaningless life, um, which I actually like, I don't really feel like I've like <laughs> super dealt with that. Like I've always been very like, I want to, like, I want my life to have meaning. I want it mm. to count. But I don't think I've ever necessarily, like, there hasn't been, like, an emphasis on fear for me. Mm. But I do think that's a, something that a lot of young people are very concerned about is is they want their life, they want their time here on earth to actually mean something, to actually make a difference and to make an impact. And fear, a part of it or a side, mm. I still think it's it's actually a really big thing among young people it's something that they're very concerned about yeah definitely yeah we we see that so much here just even at ywam when people come to do the discipleship training school and one of the questions that so many people come with is what is my place in this world you know what is my purpose who am i in this world and yeah, there's young people, I think, just even with generational things, like young people now, they want to make a difference in this world. Like they want to be heard or they want to have a voice. And there's so much fear that holds that back. And so now there's this pursuit of wanting to find out what that is. And yeah, it's amazing. Like there's this journey that we all go on with God that where we find that out, we find out, you know, what is my purpose? What is my calling in this world? And the possibilities are endless. Mm. You know, there's so much that you can do. And I think it just comes down to figuring out, like, what what really drives you. Yeah. Like, what are the things that make you come alive? What are the things that excite you so much? You know? And when it comes to that, once you find out what that is, and then that just needs to be harnessed. You hone in on that and you disciple that and then you can narrow it down to something, you know? And then you can choose whether you want to do, you know, go to school for it or whether you just want to start something up and just go for it, you know? So Dealing with a question like that, like, okay, does my life have meaning? Like, mm-hmm. it, is my life really going to count for something? Like, enable to be able to address a question like that, to address that issue, you actually have to step back and look at like big picture, like beyond just myself and my world Mm -hmm. and like start looking, you like, you have to ask hard questions, (laughs) you know? And I think like, even for, for people who don't believe like this is, you know, like that's something that they care about. Um, But then you got to start, like you become confronted by you know, questions about God, right? Like for the non-believer, like, is God real? Is, Mm -hmm. you know, what is, what is this about? How did, 
why are we here? What's the meaning of life? You know, like how can your life have meaning if you don't even know what the meaning of life is? You know, and so it's like, but those are big, really big, hard questions that are very confronting. And and when you stand up to look at those questions in the face, like they're gonna look right back at you. You know, and it can be almost intimidating, I think, and and, and I almost feel like there needs to be this space of of just commitment mm. to sit in the tension of like I'm actually not gonna um, give in because what we'll do, what a lot of people will do, is they'll just do coping, right? Like, mm. oh, this is really hard. I can't figure this out. Like, uh, I tried to tried to figure this thing out, but. I can't, so I'm just going to cope and watch Netflix yeah. or get on Instagram or, you know, and it's like, and, and, or I'm just going to go through the rut, like go through the motions of life, right? And it's, it becomes almost this like numbing process where we like just become numb to those bigger questions and like actually what, but in, in reality, like deep down we want our lives to count, mm-hmm. right? And so I think there just needs to be this space of just commitment, like, you know what, I'm going to sit in the tension and I'm actually just going to commit to just working through it, working yeah. through like the questions, working through, you know, and I think like from the perspective of God, like he's so okay with that. He's so okay with your questions. He's so okay with like you not getting it. And like, he's, he's so patient too. Right. And he like, I think he just loves to walk through those questions and he loves to walk through that tension with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got to be the ones that are okay with it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that, that commitment thing is huge, I think, too, because, you know, so often, like, let's say you ask yourself when you're 21 years old and you're asking yourself, man, what's my meaning in life and what's my purpose? But you never actually commit to anything. And then all of a sudden, 10 years down the road, you're 31 years old and you're still asking yourself the same question. And then you've looked back and you've realized that you like you haven't gotten anywhere. And you're just saying things like, oh, like I wish I knew, like what's my purpose, what's my meaning in life? And yeah, like I think just with commitment, like even if it's just subtle commitments at a time, mm. I think that's huge too. Yeah, Because you can commitment is something that you can start off with something small you know like let's say you commit to something for six months and or you commit to something for two years or anything right you you learn commitment and you learn to grab grab on onto commitment and then that's something that you can actually look ahead on you know when you go through struggles you're like oh no no i i committed two years you know even though this is really hard at this time is when I can, like, that's when I committed to, so that's when I will go till, you know? And then you can always just pay points, and some people just have 10-year commitments, or if it's a marriage, it's a lifelong commitment. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, whether it's six months or whether it's lifelong, that commitment, you can hold on to that. Yeah, and I think, like, even, you know, just going with this commitment theme, I think that even just applies to, like, other, like, areas of, like multiple levels of fear Mm. as well like just committing to like challenge yourself really you know like look at you know stepping out in faith and and you know like doing bold things you know that the holy spirit asks you to do like hey 
highlight somebody, hey, go pray for that person, mm. right? Like, oh, man, so, like, so scary, right? <laughs> but you, like, you know, in things like that, okay, I'm actually going to challenge myself, even if I don't, like, you know, maybe I'm not at the, the space where I'm ready to, like, you know, be, like, healed in Jesus' name and, like, you know, seeing, like, raising the dead or anything like that. But you know what? I know that a baby step for me that I can take is just going and just talking, having a conversation. Like, it doesn't even matter what we talk about. Just, to, like, and then, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that now. Now I'm going to challenge myself to um, share Jesus, right, and, and just mention that I'm a Christian and, and ask them what they believe, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just keep taking a step further and you just keep stretching your comfort zone, um, you know? And so I think, like, just that, like, that commitment, yeah. it, you know, pair that with community, Boom, you're on your way to fearlessness. <laughs> freedom. Yeah. Yeah, just even on that commitment thing, like even just the story I shared earlier about me overcoming that fear with that like group of guys that I had on stage with me. Because um, it was when I was on outreach, there was this moment where we were in the streets and we were just like, man, how do we get, how do we draw a crowd? We were in the Philippines and we were just like, man, how do we draw a crowd? And how do we just, yeah, hang out with people, meet people. And so we, I remember just like kind of looking around and I seen this guy on the street and he just had, he was just sitting on the street and he had just his music playing, you know, and it was just one of those guys who was selling like sunglasses or something, but he was sitting on this massive speaker with his phone plugged in. And so I ran across the street and I was like, hey man, like would, would it be okay if I used your speaker for a bit? You know, and YWAM, we learned these skits. Uh, little skits like dances and stuff and so we decided oh as us as a team we'll be in this park and we'll just do a skit we'll crank the music up and we'll see if that draws a crowd and so i asked this guy hey can we use your speaker and he lets me use it plugs it in and we just go for it i run back across the street and me and my team we just start this dance and before you know it there's like a hundred people they're all just watching us, you know, and we just keep going. We do a couple of the skits and there's just this massive crowd. And then all of a sudden we do it. We do, first we did like really funny skits, funny dancing, just fun. And then we did a really serious one. And it was basically the skits that we would do. It was actually just a play with no words, but there was music attached to it. And it was this amazing skit where it was symbolizing Jesus hanging on the cross and actually taking away three different burdens. One of them was a person who was sick. One of them was a person who was hurting emotionally. And one person was actually just dead spiritually. And so it was Jesus actually coming to three of these different things and healing all of them and taking them on to himself. And... So we did this skit, just beautiful, right? And I just remember our team was done. And so we were just like, oh, we're in this circle. So let's leave the circle because it's like, (laughs) there's just a hundred people around us, you know? And we were done, right? And so I just remember us, like the team started to walk off and I started as well. I was the last person to walk off. And I just felt the Holy Spirit just stop me. And he spoke to me so clearly, he just said, Ernie, these people don't understand. You know, you're in a foreign country, these people don't understand. And I'm just kind of like, 
how do I project my voice that? Like, I can't, there's no mic here, God. Like, what do you want me to do? And it's like, I just need you to share it. I need you to share what I'm speaking through this skit. And I'm just like, God, there's no mic here. Like, what do you mean? You know, and he just like, he brought me back to that moment when I was on stage yelling out freedom. You know, and then for me, it was this moment where, yes, I was still scared. And yes, I was still a little bit afraid. But it was me having to, okay, here's the fear. I see it now. So God, would you just be with me? Would you just give me comfort? The fear is here, but you've given me complete freedom over this fear, you know? And I just started to yell. I ran, went back to the circle. I turned around, went back to the circle, and I just started to yell. And I just say, guys, do you understand? And I just shared, you know, I shared the gospel in front of a hundred people. And I invited people to come after I shared the gospel, I invited people to come, like God is here, he's waiting to speak. And I was just inviting people to come and uh, receive some prayer or advice or anything that they were looking for, right? And I just remember walking up to this man and he just looked at me with his tears in his eyes streaming down his face. And I looked at this man, I was like, hey man, like what, what's going on in your heart? And he's looked at me and he's just crying and he says, there's pain in my body. I have almost pain in my heart and pain in my physical pain in my stomach, he said. And I said, well, it's amazing that you're here, you know, wouldn't be able to just lay hands on you and just pray. So I laid my hands on his stomach and he just started to cry even more. And he looked at me and he just said, because of the Jesus that you just shared and the Jesus that you represented and me just being completely healed, like I don't have any more pain. He's like, I, I want to believe in the God that you do. You know, and I was able to just lead him to the Lord right there. And yeah, I just think it's just so beautiful how God can actually, you know, we face fears all the time, but there's moments where God allows us to overcome them and he will never leave us or forsake us. And um, just even on like it being okay to be afraid, I think oft, we will always face fear. We will always be scared of stuff. But it's actually, are we going to let that fear define the decisions that we make? You know? And I think that's the huge thing. Like, are we going to let those, are we going to let fear decide, make decisions for us in those moments? Hmm. Dang. So good. Well, I think that's just kind of the encouragement here, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've always thought of fearlessness as like, not that fear disappears, mm -hmm. but that you just go, I see you and I don't care. I'm gonna go do it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I guess the encouragement like, kind of like wrap this up is is to just trust you know like just trust in Jesus trust in the Holy Spirit like he's so so trustworthy he's so good and um and you can actually just trust him to step out in faith and to just believe him for for who he says he is and to just believe him at his character and his nature that he's actually got you 
mm-hmm. and and he is supporting you and he's with you and he's comforting you and that as you step out that he's actually going to use you to to transform people to transform lives and to to encounter people in a radical way mm. right so be encouraged by that <laughs> and uh you know um i guess i'll just end here with a, a little challenge to you um and that challenge is that you would actually challenge yourself um in the next few weeks you would just take a take a moment evaluate okay where am i in terms of fear what what fear is is actually holding on to my life is actually holding me back right just partner with holy spirit and just ask holy spirit to reveal that to you right and then make a commitment to just challenge yourself right and to just trust holy spirit and to step out um and just step out in faith so anyways that's uh that's all we got so um yeah well ernie thank you so much for coming on and and just sharing your heart um and you guys can actually follow ernie on instagram at ernie rimple and i'll make sure that i stick that handle in the episode description as well um but thank you listeners for listening i hope you guys were just so blessed and encouraged and um, if you guys want to get in contact donate or you just want to learn more about what god is doing through encounter ministries then you can go to encounterthegospel.org